Thank you. Well, you are the best-looking group of boys and girls that I have spoken to this morning. <laughs> it's like it's like crickets. Did you hear the crickets? Those are loud crickets. <laughs> All right, before we begin this morning, I, I want to kind of have a bit of a challenge with maybe some of your leaders that brought you. How many people in this room right now are leaders that brought campers? Hands high, nice and high. Come on, don't be embarrassed, sir. You know, you're, you're, pre- yeah, that's right. Get the, all right. All right. I would like to have the leaders come up. Come on up, leaders. Come on up, leaders. Come on up here on the platform. Right along the line here. How many we got? Oh, man, there's a, okay, now here's the thing. I'm going to go down the line. Just grab a balloon. Take a balloon. You're missing your shoes there, Muffin. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Man, yeah, there's a, oh, this is going to be exciting. Now, boys and girls, here's how this game is going to work. When I say the G word, the first leader that can blow up their balloon and twist it into a dog wins a prize. Now, you have to cheer for your leader real loud, because I think the louder you cheer, the better they'll be able to blow the balloon up, all right? So, are you ready? On your mark, get set, go. All right, cheer for him. Cheer for him. Cheer for him. I said go. I said go. Did I say go? I said go. You start putting, you're supposed to start to blow the balloons up, ladies and gentlemen. If, like, Okay, I'll change the rules. The first person that can get air in their balloon. No, no. I, no, yeah. No, it isn't. It's a convoluted worm. All right, the first person that can get air in their balloon will win. That, that's not what I want. You've got to cheer for them. That's why they're not trying hard enough. You've got to cheer for them. All right, so what we're going to do is if someone can actually get air in their balloon, they will win a prize. Anyone? Anyone? No? Okay, how about the person whose birthday is closest to today? <laughs> we got to somehow, I mean, I figured at least one person would be able to get air in. Anyone here with a birthday in September? September? October? Anyone else in October? October. Oh, we have a wiener, ladies and gentlemen. Give these ladies and gentlemen, your leaders who brought you here, a big hand for their great efforts. All right. How do you do that? <laughs> With my mouth. <laughs> and when is your birthday? The 14th. Oh, the 14th. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. Your name is? Chris. Chris. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Very well. Oh, where are you from, Chris? Ontario. Ontario. Oh, I, won't, I won't hold that against you. You brought a group down from Ontario? Oh, what? <laughs> All righty. So his prize is two dogs kissing. But since it's your birthday sort of near, what we're going to do, let's see, we'll use these ones here. This afternoon, no, this morning. This morning, 
during the crazy rotation of activities and mayhem, we're going to be doing balloon twisting. So each one of you, if you want, we'll make something out of balloons for you, my wife and I, okay? It really isn't that difficult. I don't think... I, what, blow the balloons up? With my mouth. Okay, hold your breath so I get a true measurement of your head. Okay, there we go. Okay, you can breathe now. Let's see. What? Yeah, you're going to get a hat. We want to just make kind of a subtle little hat so that we see you. been called a clown before. <laughs> all right, just something kind of subtle. Here we go, all right. Thank you very much. Yeah. I was going to say for the winner of the competition, but none of the leaders got air in the balloons. I can't believe it. It was just horrendous. So boys and girls, this morning we are going to be doing balloons for all of you, but I want to talk to you now about a question that I left with you last night. Last night, we discovered that we've got a problem. What's that problem called? Can anyone remember? What's that problem called that we have? Yeah, say it out loud. Yeah, it's sin. And the problem is sin, and sin is what? Sin is breaking God's rules. And we discovered that because we are sinners, we can't get to heaven on our own. It's impossible, the same as it's impossible for us to jump from there to there, and then I proved to you that I could jump from there to there. Oh, no, I did. Did you see me? I jumped right in the air. Okay, but I didn't tell you you couldn't get help. And here's the thing, boys and girls. We need help to get into heaven. Yeah. No, you see, the person who got to carry us to heaven is special, and that bottomless pit won't hurt them. Let me, I want to show you something. Let's see here. I've got a couple of things. I'm going to just we'll put that right there. All right. I've got three balls here. And I'm going to tell a story. And I'm going to use these three balls as a little bit of a, a, you know, an illustration. And one day I was walking downtown like where I live. And as I was walking along, I saw one of my friends. And we got talking. And then I started to tell him about my favorite place. Does anyone know what my favorite place is? No, no. Well, I love church and everything, but my favorite place is heaven. And my favorite place is a place I haven't even been to yet, but I can't wait to go. So we got talking, and I, I was talking to him about my favorite place, and my favorite place is heaven. And so as we were talking about heaven, he's like, oh, I'm going to heaven when I die. I said, you are? I said, how do you know? He says, well, you see, there's this little old lady who lives down the street. And she's kind of old, and she can't mow her lawn, and her, her grass is growing up so big, thick, and tall. And I go once a week, every week, and I go down and I mow her lawn. And because I'm a good person, and I do good things, he said, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven where the streets are paved with gold. And then when I get to heaven, I'm going to meet that guy named Jesus. Boys and girls, 
can we be good enough to get to heaven on our own? You see, we learned last night, Romans 3.23, how many people have broken God's rules? In fact, the Bible says that we cannot, the best that we could ever act, if we acted as good as we ever could, it's still not good enough. Boys and girls, even if you were raised in a Christian home and you live really good, you go to church every week, you're still not good enough on your own to get to heaven. I said to my friend, I said, listen, you're sadly mistaken. If you think that you can be good enough to get to heaven on your own, I said, the reality is you need to have Jesus in your life first. It's impossible for you to get to heaven where the streets are paved with gold unless you have Jesus in your life first. Oh, it's good to do good things. And as Christians, we're supposed to do good things and live good. But just living good isn't good enough to get us to heaven. We have to have Jesus in our lives. You see, Jesus, the Bible says, is the person who will carry us from there to there if we let him. If we ask him, we need help. So as I got walking along, I got talking with another friend of mine. As we were talking along, I got talking about my favorite place. What's my favorite place? Yeah, my favorite place is heaven. And so as we were talking about heaven, and and the guy said to me, he's like, oh, I know, I'm going to heaven when I die. I said, you do? How do you know? And he says, well, you see, about once a month or so, someone will come and they'll knock, 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 knock on my door. And I'll open up the door, and it'll be like the the Cancer Society, or the Heart and Stroke Foundation, or the Diabetes, or, or, you know, Run for the Cure. And, And they're asking for donations. And so I reach into my wallet, and I pull out a nice, crisp, green $20 bill. And I will give them a donation. And, and in fact, oh, once or twice a year, I might go to church. Like usually maybe at Christmas and Easter when some friends of mine nag me to come out. And I go to church and, and the offering plate goes by and I'll put in a nice green crisp $20 bill. And because I give money to a church every once in a while, and I give money to other charities, because I, I kind of paid enough money like that, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven where the streets are paved with gold. And when I get to heaven... I'm going to meet that guy named Jesus. Boys and girls, can we buy our way into heaven? Even if we had all of the riches in all of the world, would that convince God that we should get into heaven? No, the Bible clearly says that we can't buy our way into heaven. And so I said to my friend, listen, I'm sorry, friend, but you're sadly mistaken. If you think that you can buy your way into heaven... The reality is you need to have Jesus in your life first. If you don't have Jesus as your Savior, you can never get to heaven where the streets are paved with gold. Oh, it's good to give money. And in fact, as Christians, we're supposed to give to God by supporting and giving to our church every week. But giving money isn't going to get us to heaven unless we have Jesus in our life first. So as I got walking along, I met another friend of mine. And as we were talking, we got talking about my favorite place. What's my favorite place? Yeah, have you guys heard this story before? Yeah, so we, we got talking about my favorite place, and my favorite place is heaven, and as we were talking, he said, oh, I know I'm going to heaven when I die. I said, you do? How do you know that? He says, well, you see, I'm a real good person. I do good deeds, and I give money to the charities and stuff like that, and so because I'm a good person, I give money, and I'm just, you know, overall, my, I'm better than I'm worse. You know, I'm good. He says, uh, because I'm a good person, when I die, I'm going to go to hev- uh, heaven where the streets are paved with gold, and I just waited to hear what he was going to say next. Because I thought he was then going to say, and then I will meet Jesus. He never said anything about Jesus. And I said, well, what about Jesus? 
doesn't he have anything to do with heaven? He's like, no, you know what? I don't think Jesus has anything to do with heaven. I'm just going to put him in the box over there and forget about it because I don't think that you have to have anything to do with Jesus in order to get to heaven. I think I can get to heaven on my own just by being a good person. Uh, boys and girls, can we get to heaven without help from Jesus? No. Boys and girls, the Bible clearly says that he is the only one that can carry us to heaven. He's the only one that can get us to heaven. And I said to my friend, I said, listen, friend, if you think that you can get to heaven without Jesus, you're sadly mistaken. If you think that you can put Jesus in a box, in fact, I said, it's no way you can't put Jesus in a box. You think that you don't have to have anything to do with Jesus, but I'm telling you right now, you can't put Jesus in a box. You can't do it. The same way as you can't get to heaven without having Jesus in your life. I told him, the only way, no, yeah, I'm telling you the truth. The only way that you can get to heaven where the streets are paved with gold is to have Jesus as your savior. Oh, it's good to live good. It's good to give money. It's good to do all those good things. But if Jesus isn't your savior, you can't get to heaven on your own. So yesterday, some of you said, I cheated. I didn't cheat. Boys and girls, I knew when I stood up here, I knew that this was impossible for me to do. I knew that there was no way I could do it. So I had to have somebody carry me to the other side. That's the same as us getting into heaven. See, Jesus did something very special. He did something that no one has ever done in the history of mankind. I want to show you something. I want to tell you another story. This story is actually from my favorite book. What's my favorite book? Yeah, and the Bible is whose word? Yeah, and can God lie? No, so if the Bible is God's word and God can't lie, then the Bible must be? Yeah, the Bible must be true. Now, I want to tell you a story, and this story is called the tomb. Now, tomb is kind of a funny word, and what it is, is back in Jesus' day, when a person died, they used to bury them in what they called a tomb. And a tomb, they didn't kind of bury them in the ground like we kind of do in our North American society. They would actually put them in in caves and holes in the sides of the hills and the mountains. There would be a cave there, and they would bury them or put them in that cave, and then they would roll a big stone over the front so that no one would wander in by mistake. Those were called tombs. So this is a story about a very famous tomb. You see, the Bible says that three, uh, 3,000, <laughs> uh, about 2,000 years ago, there were three men that were, that were nailed to crosses to die. The Bible says that this man here was a thief, and he deserved to be there. He had done wrong, and he was there because he deserved to be there. The Bible says that this man here was a thief, and he deserved to be there as well. The Bible says that the man nailed to the center cross had never done anything wrong in his entire life. He was sinless and perfect. And his name was? His name was Jesus. The Bible says that God's own son was nailed to the center cross. The Bible says that he was on the cross for you and for me. Well, the Bible tells us That after all three men were dead, and in fact, we know that they were dead because there was even a doctor that wrote about it. Dr. Luke, who wrote the third book of the New Testament, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke. 
He was a medical doctor. Did you know that? He wrote that indeed they were dead. Jesus was dead. The Bible says that all three of them, after they were dead, they took them down from the cross. And then where were they buried people who had died back then? In tombs. And so they went and they put them into the tombs. And they're like, yep, there we go. We don't have to worry about those three men anymore. Yeah, those guys were giving us problems. Those two thieves and then that guy who claimed to be God. Yeah, we've killed them. They're out of our hair. We don't have to worry about them anymore. They're in the grave. And then a few days later, it's like, you know, that guy named Jesus, he said something about maybe after three days, he was going to do something special. Let's prove to the world that those three men that we killed the other day are still dead. So they went. And they went to the tomb of one of the... One of the thieves. Yep, he's still dead. Don't have to worry about him. And, and then they went to the tomb of one of the other... Yep, one of the other thieves. Yep, he's still dead. Don't have to worry about him. Hey, there was a third person we killed the other day. His name was Jesus. And he claimed that after three days, he was going to rise from the dead. Has anyone ever been able to rise themselves from the dead before? No way. He claimed to be God. That's just crazy talk, they said. There's no way. The Bible does tell us that on that third day, when some people came to Jesus' tomb, the Bible says that the stone was rolled away and the tomb was opened up. And there was an angel sitting on the rock outside. And you know what the angel said? The angel said, He's not here. The angel said, he's not here. The one you're looking for is not here. Where did that red cross go? You want me to turn it over? Turn it around the other way? What? No, you guys don't want to see the back of it. Okay, how many of you want to see the back of it? Because you know what's back there, don't you? You see, people thought they had it all figured out when the angel said, he is not here. But the fact is, the angel said, he's risen. Yeah. The angel said, hey, he's not here because he is risen, boys and girls. You know what, boys and girls? They said, that can't be true. Jesus has to be in there because we killed him three days ago. There's no way. Search every square inch. They opened the tomb up and they searched every square inch. And they could not find him. You know why they couldn't find Jesus? They couldn't find Jesus because Jesus was alive. And you don't look for people who are alive where they bury dead people. As I'm talking to you right now, the Bible says that Jesus is alive. He's in heaven. And he is building mansions for people who accept him as Savior. Jesus wants to carry you to heaven. The Bible says this. We had one verse yesterday. And I want the verse that's like a partner verse for today. We learned yesterday, Romans 3.23, for everybody has sinned and fallen short of God's glory. But in Romans 6.23, it says this, that the wages of sin is death. That means what we get paid for sinning is death. You see, if you do a job, you get paid because you deserve it. You earned it. Well, the Bible says because we're sinners, we earned something. Because we've broken God's rules, we've earned something. And that's death, separated from God for all eternity. We're not allowed into heaven. The Bible says what we get paid or the wages for our breaking God's rules is death. But it is the most important but in all of the Bible. But 
The gift of God is eternal, everlasting, never-ending life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, Jesus knew that you and I couldn't get to heaven on our own because we're sinners. Jesus knew that he had to do something. So he died on the cross to pay for your sins and mine so that he could carry us to heaven because we can't do it on our own. John 3.16. How many of you know John 3.16? Yeah, it is like a PFD. Does anyone know what a PFD is? No? Personal flotation device. Something to hold on to and wrap around so you don't drown. John 3.16 is a personal flotation device, also known as a lifesaver. A lifesaver. Boys and girls, John 3.16 is our PFD. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. As we finish up, I want to tell you this. People say, well, well how, how can I know that Jesus is my Savior? How can I know that when I die, I'll go to heaven? How can I know these things? And I say, it's as easy as A, B, C. And we know our ABCs. And A, we have to admit that we're sinners. We learned that yesterday. For all of sin. We have to admit, if you've ever broken one of God's rules, if you've ever disobeyed your parents, if you've ever lost your temper, if you've ever told a lie, if you've ever taken something that doesn't belong to you, uh, you know, all of these things, if you've ever done any of these, and we all have, we have to admit, you know what, God? It's like we tattle on ourselves. I'm sorry, God, I know I've broken your rules. We have to admit to God that we are sinners. B, we have to believe that Jesus Christ, his son, died on the cross to pay the price to get us into heaven. We learn that, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that, if we, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And then see, we have to confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And that basically says, you know, we ask him to rescue us. If we confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus, the Bible says, and believe in our hearts that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Just hold on to the balloon, guys. Just hold on to the balloon. Boys and girls, A, B, C. It's not rocket science. It's very simple. Guys, hold on to the balloons, okay? A, admit that we're sinners. B, believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. And C, confess him as Lord and Savior or ask him to rescue us. Now, I know that a lot of you have been raised in Christian homes. You go to church every week. But every year, I always meet boys and girls and teenagers who are raised in Christian homes go to church every week and they've never become a Christian because they just grew up around it and they never ever made that decision. It's the most important decision ever. What we're going to do right now, we're going to bow our heads and close our eyes. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Leaders, if you could kind of keep your eyes uh, uh, up and alert and help me here. I'm just going to hold on to that. Yeah, thank you. So, boys and girls, while every head is bowed, every eye is closed, I'm going to pray through a prayer. I'm actually going to pray through this prayer twice so that you hear what I'm saying, so you know that there's nothing magical or mystical or tricky about these words, but this is just a prayer to help express your heart to God. If you've never accepted Christ as Savior, and you want to become a Christian this morning, I'm going to pray through this prayer twice. You listen to it the first time, and then the second time, if you want to become a Christian, you just pray it with me. And the prayer goes like this. Now, just be quiet and listen. It goes, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've broken your rules. I know my sins keep me from
from your heaven. I know you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Please forgive me of my sins and become my savior, my rescuer. Thank you for saving me. Now, while every head is bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to pray that prayer a second time. And if you want to become a Christian this morning, maybe you've gone to church all your lives, but you've never, ever made that decision. This is the greatest day that could ever happen for you. I'm going to pray through this prayer a second time. And if you want to become a Christian, you pray this prayer after me. And you can do it quietly in your own head and heart. God can hear your thoughts and what what you're thinking and what you're feeling. So pray this prayer with me if you want to become a Christian. And the prayer goes like this. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've broken your rules. I know my sins keep me from your heaven. I know you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross to pay for my sins. Please forgive me of my sins and become my Lord and Savior, my rescuer. Thank you for saving me. Now, while every head is bowed, every eye closed, boys and girls, every head bowed, every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, now here's the thing, God knows if you meant it or not. Just saying words doesn't get us saved. We have to mean it. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, just slide your hand up. Just put your hand up so that we can take a look so I can pray for you. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, just kind of put your hand up so that we can see and leaders are going to help me out, right? Because you're going to identify, all right? So boys and girls, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, you're like, man, I really want to become a Christian today, all right? And I prayed that prayer and I meant it. Alrighty, thank you so very much, boys and girls. You can put your hands down. Leaders, uh, thank you for kind of helping me, and I'm going to get you to kind of do some follow-up there. Boys and girls, while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, we're going to close in a word of prayer, okay? Dear Lord, I thank you so very much for these boys and girls, for each home that they represent. And Father, I know that there's a number of them this morning that put their hands up saying that they, they prayed to become a Christian. And Lord, I pray that they meant that. And Lord, I know that if they did, that you have come to rescue them And that when they die, they'll go to heaven to be with you forever. Father, thank you for these boys and girls, for this school that loves them so much to have this event. Lord, I pray that you'd give us a great rest of the day. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So boys and girls, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, at that very instant that you prayed that prayer and meant it, Jesus Christ has become your rescuer. It's like you just jumped into his arms And that when you die, he's going to take you to heaven. Even though you couldn't get there on your own, he will carry you there because he loves you and he wants to rescue you. Thank you so very much, boys and girls. Mr. Wagstaff.